On Thursday edition of the Locked on Texan podcast, Cody has a great conversation with Brooks Cabina from the Houston Chronicle. We also start the show off with undrafted free agents from the 2022 draft. Who makes sense for Houston? And end off the show with a possible reunion conversation that's been circling around Twitter. Got to bring it here to the Locked on Texan podcast. But before we dive into anything, Cody, hit that red button. Let's create some chaos. Start the countdown. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Thursday edition of the Locked On Texan Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm John Hickman, joined by Sports Illustrated's own Cody Montel. I just I don't know why, like, why I like saying Montel. <laughs> Cody Davis from Sports Illustrated. Check out all of the great work that he does over with SI for the Falcons, the Texans, and just so many different sports teams that he keeps his hand on. Cody, for today's episode, I think it's very important to kick off the conversation surrounding the undrafted free agent players. But before we do that, Texans have signed quarterback Kevin Hogan, who was recently released by the Tennessee Titans. Kevin Hogan will be the third player on the offensive side of the ball that has experience with uh, new OC Pep Hamilton. Philip Dorsett was a wide receiver for Pep Hamilton during his days in Indy. Nico Collins, wide receiver for Pep Hamilton during his Michigan days and, of course, last season. And then now we are adding Kevin Hogan. The Houston Texans are adding Kevin Hogan uh, was a quarterback for Pep Hamilton during his Cleveland, Brown, and Stafford days. So uh, what we're seeing right now is just like we saw last year, certain guys are getting their pick of the litter of players that they have some familiarity with. Do I think that Kevin Hogan makes the, the, the 53-man roster? I don't know. Jeff Driscoll's still in his roster. Remember, the Houston Texans did sign Kyle Allen, at quarterback as well, uh, not too long ago. So, you know, what I look at now is the Houston Texans will be having one of the most, if not the most, competitive offseasons we've seen in a very long time due to the fact that this is a, a team that going into this season – you won't have a J.J. White. You won't have a DeAndre Hopkins. You won't have an Andre Johnson, Dwayne Brown, or or Aaron Foster. I think you do have Dwayne Brown and Larry Tunsil. But there's not a lot of guys that you can say for sure, day one, they're going to be the ultimate starter. Even at quarterback position, I mean, I know that Davis Mills will round out and beat everybody at quarterback, Cody, now that you get your thoughts in. But, you know, I just think this will be a very competitive offseason where guys are going to have to show up day in, day out, practice in, practice out to show that they belong on this 53-man roster. It's going to be a very competitive offseason. This is going to be more so what we're going to talk about coming up when you take a look at the undrafted free agents. We already talked about one competitive position in terms of, you know, who's going to take over the role for defensive tackle. You already got Roy Lopez. Uh, we talked about the guy that they just drafted, um, 
was it Thomas Booker? Thomas Booker. I want to say Thomas Booker, Thomas Booker along with Ross Blacklock. Where is he's gonna fall? You know, there's a lot of competition that's gonna be going on, but quarterback isn't one of those positions, John. Because no. look, Davis Mills, as we already know, he's going to be the starter. Um, quarterback number two is going to be Kyle Allen. Quarterback number three. It's up in the air. I guess if you want to use that as a competition, it's going to come down between this guy and, of course, Jeff Driscoll. If if it's me, I don't know how bad this new quarterback can actually be. However... Mm, he got to be a little bit better than what we've seen out of Jeff Driscoll, who who was quarterback slash tight end. Now he's got going converted. back to quarterback. Yeah. So, you know, that this is not a position that I'm, like, really, like, fond over or anything like that. You know, I just think at the end of the day, you know, it's the, the, the quarterback room is going to be Davis Mills and Kyle Allen when it's all said and done. Absolutely. It's funny about Jeff Driscoll. It's like Jeff Driscoll did a bid at Rikers Island. When he a quarterback <laughs> came out, got converted to the nation of tight end and, and came out and, and it was kind of searching for a soul and came out of tight end, right? But I do think that it is a competition for QB3. And even with QB3, that competition, I can see that being a competition for the practice squad, right? We'll call you when we need you. Mm. If we need you, stay ready so you don't got to get ready. And we'll see you at some point throughout the season. Now, for the Texas undrafted players, the list goes Kobe Harvell Peel, safety out of Oklahoma, Seth Green, wide receiver tight end out of Houston. And I'm sure, Cody, you had an opportunity to be around the Houston Cougars. You know about Green. Jacoby Francis, DB out of Memphis. Tristan McCullum, DB out of Sam Houston. Jake Hansen, linebacker out of Illinois, who, by the way, has some experience with head coach Lovey Smith. Damon Daniels, and I want to say that he is the brother of Darren Daniels that we interviewed a couple of years ago, uh, defensive tackle out of Nebraska, Myron Cunningham, offensive lineman out of Arkansas, Johnny Johnson, wide receiver out of Oregon, and Drew Estrada, wide receiver out of Baylor, who also uh, really made his mark in college football at Dartmouth as well. And so really quick for me, Cody, if there is a player that I can really see making this roster, you know, coming in day one, maybe busting his tail, being at work or be smart, dependable, everything that Nick Casario is looking for in his players, Drew Estrada is the guy. You know, he's like 5'11", 6 foot with, with cleats on, out of Baylor. Remember, like I said, played at Dartmouth, one of those guys that can punt return, kick return, wide receiver, a route technician. And he reminds me a lot of Julian Edelman slash Danny Amendola, one of those slot receivers that you can kind of use in different areas on the field. And, you know, with Nick Casario having that background, 20 years plus of, of bringing in players like a Edelman, like a Amendola, like a Chris Hogan for the Houston Talent, for the New England Patriots, you know, I can definitely see Estrada being one of those guys that get an opportunity on this 53-man roster due to special teams, kick return, perp return, and then just being able to kind of win against the third team, the second team, scout team. And so I think he's a player that can make this roster, has a good shot, a shot to, and Kobe Harvell Peel, the safety out of Oklahoma. I'm not too confident in Houston's safety group right now, listeners and Cody, so he may get an opportunity. I know one year he had five interceptions, a ball hawk, so maybe that translates to some success for him here in Houston. 
You talk about a very competitive offseason, and this is why I'm going to point out Johnny Johnson, a wide receiver out of Oregon. Um, this is a guy who spent five years at that college, recorded a little bit under 2,000 receiving yards. And look, he isn't a guy that's going to come in. He wasn't like that in Oregon. Don't expect him to be like this in the NFL. He wasn't a guy that could be your number one, number two wide receiver. But at the end of the day, he was always reliable, and he was always a guy when you target him, he's going to find a way to get the ball and go out there and create play. Why is that important? Because a couple weeks ago when we had an opportunity to talk to Davis Mills, Davis Mills said his top priority is to make sure you get the balls in the hands of his playmakers. And when you take a look at what the Houston Texans had in 2021, <laughs> outside of Brandon Cooks, there was no playmakers for him to really utilize in that passing game. But now... And when you take a look at this receiving core of Brandon Cooks, John Mechie, and Nico Collins, those three would definitely have their names on the list. Chris Conley, Chris Moore, uh, it's a toss-up between the other two. When you take a look at Philip Dorsett, Davion Davis, and of course now um, Johnny Johnson III, it's going to be very, very tough and very, very competitive to see what the Houston Texans do and who they feel is more reliable in order to give davis mills the best chance to go out there and showcase what he can do as potentially this franchise quarterback beyond the 2022 season absolutely i totally agree with you because i think that we're both looking at the wide receiver position as a group that can use extra bodies um you know at some point last year or majority of the point last year they were very not unproductive in a, in a sense right you you can count mm -hmm. on cooks as you just said but you know, was unable to find a lot of contribution from other areas. And so now I do think that the wide receiver position is a position that they'll be able to go through our camp and say, well, we really like this guy for certain reasons. And I think Drew Estrada, and you said Johnny Johnson, I think those two are the players that, you know, undraft the free agents, I would keep our eye out on for the Houston Texans for this upcoming season. And whether your mom prefers statement pieces or everyday subtle elegance, BlueNile.com has fine jewelry options for every mom. Shop high-quality classic diamond earrings, elegant tennis bracelets, or gemstone pendant necklaces. Mark Mother's Day down with something special, enduring, and you got the classic stud earrings, as I just mentioned, and also the pendant birthstone. So much more over at BlueNile.com. So this Mother's Day, make sure that you are giving your mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry options over at BlueNow.com. And the best part, Locked On Sports listeners get $50 off 500 or more. This podcast exclusive is only good through Mother's Day. Use promo code LOCKEDON. That's promo code LOCKEDON. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in a discreet package that won't give away what's inside. So shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNow.com today. All righty, ladies and gentlemen, continuing here with this latest installment of Locked on Texans. I have my guy, a colleague of mine, Mr. Brooks Cabina, the Houston Texans beat reporter over at the Houston Chronicle. Brooks, how you doing, my guy? And welcome to Locked on Texans. Hey, first time, Cody. I appreciate it. How you doing, man? <laughs> I'm doing good, doing good, man. And look, the reason why I definitely wanted to get you on this show is because prior to you coming back to the city of Houston, because that's where you're from, you know, prior to you joining the Houston Chronicle, you actually had an opportunity to cover the Houston Texans number three overall pick and Derek Stingley Jr. and Brooks. Let's jump right into it because I know you are a busy guy. 
how was it for you watching Stanley at LSU, especially in 2019 when he had an opportunity to establish himself as one of the top defensive backs in college football? Yeah, I mean, it was hard to be hyperbolic about the 2019 season. And uh, I know no one will actually recognize the backdrop behind me, but I'm in Baton Rouge. There will be a story <laughs> out there extremely this weekend in the Houston Chronicles. So timely timing. Uh, <laughs> awesome. I mean, I remember whenever he signed, and he was uh, considered by some the number one overall recruit at the time. Uh, grew up in Baton Rouge. The funny thing is, you go into that airport, Baton Rouge Metropolitan Airport, and his picture is on there. He um, grew up here, went to a school called the Dunham School, um, grew up here, his dad, Derek Stingley Sr. Um, he played a little bit of arena football, played uh, minor league baseball, and trained his son from a very early age. Uh, some people might be familiar with Daryl Stingley, which is Derek's grandfather. He played for the Patriots and was part of the tragic hit with Jack Tatum in the preseason game that uh, left him paralyzed. So uh, football is a very big part of this family, and um, they play without fear, and they pray when he goes on the field, pray when he gets off the field. And uh, Derek Stingley, whenever he was young, he was running in the backyard. He was going to the arena football games and um, practicing on the field with some of the players and really learning his technique. And that's what he learned from his father. So whenever he arrived at LSU, I mean, he, he was really uh, prepared. And the funny thing is, whenever he signed his letter of intent back in 2018, the LSU Tigers were going to play in the Fiesta Bowl against UCF, Central Florida. And I, at the time, was going back to visit family for Christmas. And I was plugging gas into my car, thinking I'd have my stories filed. And then I look at my phone, and there it is. Derek Stingley is practicing with LSU. I was like, what? Is that even legal? So I made a bunch <laughs> of calls. And Jalen Hurts, as some people might remember, with Alabama was one of the first players among this that, you know, if you had signed and uh, graduated early and passed a physical, you could go and practice with your team if they were playing in a bowl game at the time. So Derek Stingley joined. Uh, practice and I remember Dave Aranda at the time, the defensive coordinator uh, at LSU. He uh, now is a head coach at Baylor. He was telling us that he was the best cornerback they had on the field and wished he was available in the game. So uh, he was a stunning player. He was fitting right away. He locked down on the top wide receivers that they were facing throughout that really tough 2019 season where they faced five top 10 teams throughout that season and it was a really rigorous schedule. And he was playing against um, you know, top uh, top wide receivers throughout that run. Colin Johnson at Texas. Uh, you can think about the Alabama players using a Jalen Mechie was uh, John Mechie was on uh, the team at the time with uh, Devontae Smith and Henry Ruggs and others uh, up into the Clemson National Championship game uh, with T. Higgins and others. I and mean, he was the lockdown guy, was a uh, consensus All-American, led the SEC in interceptions and passes defended. And then in 2020, in 2021, wherever people are looking back and seeing some of the struggles that uh, people are perceiving, in 2020, the very first game against Mississippi State, um, he he would spent the night overnight in the hospital with uh, with a reaction that didn't know at the time what it was, and his family was very concerned, and they almost thought like it would might be a really big problem for him, and uh, he got cleared hours before the game, but they were very con uh, concerned about it. He didn't play, and then uh, came back and played in nine uh, seven more games the rest of the season wasn't all SEC first team corner. So, I mean, he was dealing with little little ankle injuries here and there, but he finished out the year and played very well in a pandemic and oriented season um, and was named first team all SEC. And then fast forward to the 2021 season, 
Um, he suffered on the first day of fall camp uh, a foot injury that Texas fans are probably familiar with, the Liz Frank injury. Uh, Matt Schaub, back in 2011, they were probably going to a long, deep, deep postseason run, but had surgery on it after trying to play with it the first couple of weeks and then um, had surgery, and then that, he was out for the rest of the 2021. So um, yeah, the Texans did a full extensive research into him. Uh, they had consensus across the organization is what their general manager, Nick Casario, said. And at number three overall, they got a, uh, a player that in a position that they really desperately needed. Yeah, and I 100% agree with you on that, Brooks. And I just want to get your opinion on this next question. You know, you just talked about um, some of the struggles that he went through in 2020 and 2021. Do you have any concerns with Derek Stanley going into his rookie campaign? No, I don't. I think he's prepared for it. I mean, he's been with his family raising him in football since he was cognizant and aware. Um, I think he's been prepared for all this kind of moments. I mean, one of the things to know about him is he's very reserved. He, he doesn't talk much, and that made it particularly difficult whenever uh, a lot of fans and uh, people were upset uh, the past couple of years because they didn't get, quote, unquote, the same amount of output that they got in the 2019 year. But that goes across the entire LSU football team. Remember, in 2020, when uh, Bo Pelini was defensive coordinator for one year of disastrous football, uh, LSU's secondary, their defense gave up the most passing yards out of the entire FBS, and that had more to do than just Stingley. So um, uh, he's coming into a situation after going through adversity. I talked to some of the coaches and players that played with him, and they feel like he's ready for this. Um, and LSU's defensive back history, which is very historic, you think of guys like Patrick Peterson, Tyron Matthew, others, uh, they know what he's about to go through. And um, Derek himself, I mean, whenever he came into Houston and people asked, if he was prepared, he said, you look at the tape and you can see nothing's changed. And he ran in through the pro day and you can see that he's healthy, ran a 4.37 in the 40. I know pro days are a little bit faster than what you sometimes see at NFL combines for whatever reason. But, I mean, he looks healthy, he looks prepared and mentally uh, he's ready to buy in. So it's a type of player that Nick Casario likes. Whenever he introduced him on Saturday, along with Kenyon Green, offensive guard at Texas A&M, he said they fit the bill of what they want out of players with the Texans. People are quiet, reserved, soft-spoken, and ready to work. And that's what Stingley will do as soon as he gets to the Texans. I know it's real early to answer this question, and Nick Casario kind of hinted at it um, over the last couple of days when you're talking about grading and you talk about the ceiling. But for someone who actually been around Stingley like yourself over the last couple of years, what do you think the ceiling for Stingley can actually be? Oh, you know, you never want to paint something too high. I mean, the expectation – I think from anybody at a number three overall pick, you think of Patrick Peterson, who got mm -hmm. picked number five overall by the Cardinals, went in and was an all-pro immediately, a pro bowler immediately. But the number three overall pick, you're expecting that person to live up to that bill. So that's what's ahead of Stingley, and I think that's his ceiling. I mean, if he, the way he was playing in 2019, he could have been drafted in the first round, probably a top five pick that day. So, I mean, it's, it's something where that, that's the ceiling. They're, and that's what the Texans need. When they entered the offseason, they had no depth at corner in any kind of veteran way. Desmond King uh, moved there out of necessity last year for the first time. He's a career slot corner. And the opposite corner at the time was Lonnie Johnson, who they just traded to the Chiefs after trading, uh, after drafting Derek Stingley. So they signed a seven-year veteran and Steven Nelson, who was a number two corner with the Eagles, so he should fit in nicely. But Stingley is a guy that is going to – the expectation is that he's going to lock down the top receivers that are around in the AFC. 
Uh, they're going to play the AFC West. That means you'll see uh, top quarterbacks like Russell Wilson with the Broncos and Justin Herbert with the Chargers and, um, you know, how it's going to be even Patrick Mahomes with the Chiefs. I mean, that's the top one right there. So, and all the wide receivers that come with it, you think about the Raiders too. I mean, he's going to be facing up against the top passing offenses in the NFL, and he's going to have the responsibility to shut those down. So that's the expectation for him. Whether that turns into all pros, Pro Bowls, whatever, he's, he's, he's going to go into a situation uh, where he's expected to make this Texans defense a lot better than the poorest secondary that we saw last year. <laughs> awesome, man. Last question before getting out of here. You know, outside of Derek Stingley, I think we all can agree that the Houston Texans did very well in this year's draft. If you had to grade it, what grade would you give the Houston Texans and why? Uh, grades, uh, you know, I, I, I've <laughs> thought about it. I think it's a solid B+. Plus. I mean, it's you look at the two first round picks stingley at three uh, they traded back into 15 to try and acquire and i thought it was an interesting strategy at least that we saw three more picks that ended up helping them uh use their three trades to go up and get guys like john mechie and christian harris a linebacker out of alabama um and then trading up to get a defensive tackle and thomas booker out of stanford you know once they got out of the uh, i think jalen petrie in second round at safety out of uh, Baylor, I think he's a great defender. You look at how he was just a turnover-forcing machine as a nickel safety hybrid with uh, Dave Aranda at Baylor. You know, there's the connection again. Um, I, I think once you look beyond the fourth round, Damian Pierce from Florida, I think he was productive in spots with the Gators. Obviously, he'll become a spot where Casario's looking for him to be an every-down back, so we'll see where that goes. But um, the front end I was very impressed with. I think John Mechie uh, was an interesting choice whenever there were others like Sky Moore and others who were fully healthy and ready to go. But Mechie can be a very versatile wide receiver when healthy. And he says he'll be ready by July. They're going to be a little bit more patient with him. Uh, but beyond that, I think uh, there are some wonders of how, how productive those players will be and where they fit in. So on the front end, very impressive. We'll see how the rest works out. Brooks Cabina, Texans beat reporter over at the Houston Chronicle. Brooks, really quick, where can our listeners follow you at on social media? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at BKUBENA, and you can find all of our work at HoustonChronicle.com. Awesome. Sounds good. Thanks, my guy. Anytime. What a great conversation between Cody and Brooks Cabina from the Houston Chronicle. And it's kind of funny talking about Derek Stingley, right? BetOnline released the uh, defensive Rookie of the Year odds for the 2022 season. Number one, Aiden Hutchinson. Number two, Kevon Thibodeau. But with a plus 1,200 is Derek Stingley, along with Jermaine Johnson and Sauce Gardner. So those are some of the odds that if you want to go ahead and get ready to try to make some extra cash, do that now with BetOnline.net, which is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports information. And find all of the latest sports developments League reviews and news, including this year's basketball playoffs. Oh, my gosh. If you would have bet some money on if John would have dropped 40 last night, I'm sure you would have got some bread. Also, the Major League Baseball season and this weekend's run to the roses as the Kentucky Derby is back. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information from live betting to the playoffs, esports, and much more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all of the trends in action because bet online is where the game starts.
Thanks for making Locked On Texans your first listen every day. Now make Locked On NFL your second listen. The schedule may be dark, but the NFL never stops, and neither does Locked On NFL. Get insight and opinions from hosts including Ross Jackson, Chris Carter, and Tony Wiggins, plus local Locked On NFL hosts repping all 32 squads. There's no offseason for real fans, so make sure you are subscribed to the Locked On NFL on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back, Locked On Texan listeners and viewers out there. This Thursday edition of the Locked On Texan podcast. Cody, you know, we got to do it. I saw the conversation. We don't have to do it. You want to do it. You know I want to. Jadavion Clowney is uh, still a free agent looking for a new football home. And you know what? (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, you ever have an ex that goes out into the world, y'all break up? Go separate ways, goes out into the world, and it's just not working for them. You see, you still follow them on social media. You see that they got fired. You see that they, that position that they that promotion that they wanted they did not get. I was gonna pay them a little extra money. The car broke down. It just seemed like since they left you, things ain't working out. However, sometimes you know what you need some reuniting. And it may feel good if Jadavion Clowney is back in the Houston Texan jersey. What do you think about that? Hell no. Plain and simple. And John, I like the analogy that you use, but there's one thing you failed to mention. A lot of times when you're in that situation, when you're when you're that ex that's looking, looking at your ex struggle a lot of times it's the person that how can i put this it's the person that did not ruin the relationship which is the complete opposite for the houston texans they the ones ruined the relationship with jadavion Clowney. Clowney did not want to leave plain and simple and i understand it it's a new regime it's a new era it's a new coaching staff it's a new general manager however they thinking different now, right? They, they want things are things. different, but not one hundred percent because ownership is still there, and everybody's favorite Texan CEO slash owner slash whatever title you want to give him, Jack Easterby is still there, and I also do not want to see the Houston Texans bring in Jadavion Clowney because look, one at this point, I don't know if he has anything left in the tank, but two, and most importantly. I don't want to see them, and, I, and I'm pretty sure they're not, but I don't want to see them go back and get somebody who already feels some kind of way towards this organization. As of, as we sit here on May 5th, 2022, it's a new day with the Houston Texans. Everything, <laughs> everything, everything is new. Everything is sparkly clean. Everything has brand new potential. If you bring in Jadavion Clowney, it's going to, one, remind people of what they had, and people still not over the last era, especially how that ended. 
But uh, no, 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 no. Jadavion Clowney should not return as a member of the Houston Texans. I'm, I, well, I look at the Texans the same way I look at the Houston Rockets. Everything is new. Everything is clean. Don't worry about bringing in no old players because there's some people hoping and praying that James Harden come back to the Rockets, and that's a hell no. Probably a bigger hell no in my book. Let these young guys go out there and showcase what they could do on the field, on the court. Go out there and showcase their potential and develop. In fairness, uh, last year in Cleveland where he had a, a very great running mate on the opposite side um, with Miles Garrett, nine sacks, also paired with 11 tackles for loss, which would be Jadavion Clowney's best since he left Houston in 2018. And at this time, Jadavion Clowney is actually looking – for a contract ranging between 10 to $15 million. Just an idea. I saw a lot of people talking about it, whether or not you would accept JJ, I'm not JJ, uh, Jadavion Clowney back or so. And, you know, I do think that his time in Cleveland, which I'm, I'm not sure why Cleveland hadn't re-signed, but they also just had to pay a lot of money out. But uh, oh, yeah. his time in Cleveland, I thought was very good for Jadavion. Listen, the best version that we had seen out of him since that 2018 season, I thought he played well. Uh, for Houston, they do need somebody on, on the opposite side. I'm just playing around with that idea. No Jadavion <laughs> Cloney in the Houston, Texas do not need to be reunited because it won't feel as good. Uh, and as you put it, Cody, perfectly. Hey, everything is new right now. Let it stay new. We don't want to bring mm-hmm. it in an old car smell to something we just pulled off the lot on. You know what I'm talking about? Everybody, exactly. thank y'all for checking out the Locked on Texan <laughs> podcast for this Thursday. Enjoy Cinco de Mayo, right? Uh, be safe. Have fun. Do it all. But just make sure you get home safely. I'm John from Sports Guy Hickman. Follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman Twitter, right at the bottom of the screen. Make sure you are subscribing to the Locked on Texan YouTube page. Locked on Texans. Like, comment, share, do it all. And also follow the Locked On Texans Twitter page at Locked On Texans. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.